The following audio session was recorded live at the 2017 Region 2 Convention in Costa Mesa, California. Please visit oar2.org for information about the 2018 convention in Sacramento and to get links for more convention recordings. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're going to start. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, my name's Debbie. I'm a compulsive reader and a bulimic, and I'm leading this particular sponsorship. So just to kind of let you guys know how the format has been told to me is I'm going to talk about, about 15 minutes of my story, and then we have 25 minutes for like questions and answers, and then we have potential sponsor meetups in the room. So to kind of see if people are looking for a new sponsor or if any of these people would like work. Come on in, Allie. We're starting. Okay. Um, so I came into OA in uh, April. Actually, I came in in March of 1990. So I've been around for, my absence date is April 10th of 1990. So I've been around for 27 years. Um, my story is such that... Uh, I grew up, my mother's a compulsive overeater. Um, there are other people in my family, so I feel like I came by it genetically well. Um, and I was one of those kids that was never sort of an overweight kid um, because I was very into exercise and into everything and into, like, any sort of trouble. And, um, and so when I went through uh, high school and kind of went through those, those phases, um, I got in a bunch of like, sort of legal trouble, so my parents and my parents were divorced, and I idolized my father, and I didn't really like my mother because my father was just like this hero, and my mother was like the disciplinarian. And so when I went to school my freshman year, they have dorm food, and um, and my father, I'd gained a few pounds that first year because that's what you do in the dorms, and my father said to me, uh, you better be careful because uh, if you keep it up, you're going to look like your mother. And it was like magic words to me because there was a lot of things I wanted in life, but looking like my mother was never a goal. And like that's when my eating disorder went full swing. And and um, so my whole binging, purging throughout college, like it just kept going. And um, and I graduated college. It took me six years, but I still graduated college. And and uh, and I had gone to a um, I don't know back then they had this program called ANAD. And it was anorexics and related eating disorders or something. And, uh, and I went there, and I'm a very big comparer. So it's like if I think I look better than the other person in the room or healthier, then I must be healthier, you know, I think in my head. And so I went to this meeting, and, and all I heard was this one girl who talked about eating, and she didn't have any money, but, like, she couldn't stop her eating issues. And so she was eating dog food. And I will never forget that, you know, because I was like, well, I don't eat dog food, you know? <laughs> like, I am much healthier than her. I, these people have nothing for me. And so, like, so I continued on my way through, um, through my disease. And, and, uh, and what happened with my disease is it just kept getting worse, you know? The binging got worse. The purging got worse. Like, all of that got worse. And, um, and I, I always think about, like, uh, I call it my, uh, my last supper because... Um, it was Girl Scout season, 
And, um, and it's ironically, it's funny because I actually got kicked out of the Girl Scouts because I was a bit of a disciplinarian problem, which I always think like, so when I see them now, I'm like, they're so cute, you know, and I was so bad. And, and, uh, and I had eaten three boxes of those Girl Scout cookies in like 15 minutes. And, um, and so I was like purging this food and I would just remember in the bathroom, like praying like, okay, God, cause there was something about, um, the whole thing that I was doing that I knew it was wrong and I knew it was going to kill me. And there was a little voice in my head that said, you know, Debbie, if you keep doing this, you're going to be dead within 30 days, you know? And, um, and I wanted a lot of things like I wanted to be skinny and pretty and I wanted all of those things. I didn't want to be dead. Like that was never on the list of, of my items. And so, um, so I had heard about OA from a guy I met at Red Onion, if you guys remember that awesome bar. And, um, and he had, he had gone, lost a bunch of weight in OA, and we were talking about my eating disorder one night, and he's like, well, you should try OA. And it sound, I think OA, like from a marketing perspective, like it's not a great name for a program. Do you know what I mean? It isn't like something I want to join or put a sticker on my car or any of that. And so I, um, so I went to the um, – I called central office at the time, and I, I said um, – I was cool. It was very, very cool. And so I said um, – and so I said, uh, when are you guys getting together? Because I was trying to be at, like, a club. You know what I mean? Because my ego was so strong. Like, I just wanted to, like, I didn't want to be sick or needy or helpless or desperate. I just wanted to kind of fix this little issue and kind of go away. And, and they said, well, we're getting together. There's, like, a, there's a Saturday meeting at the Costa Mesa Alano Club. And so I went. And I went to this meeting, and there was, like, four women in the room. And I was 26 at the time, and they were all older than me, and they were slightly bigger than me, and I'm like, and I was telling Ali before the meeting, I'm like, I'm the healthiest one in the room. God, these people, even these people can't help me, because I'm so much healthier than them, and, um, and then at the end of the meeting, this woman hugged me, you know, and um, I will never forget that, because it was like the nicest thing like anyone had ever done for me, and, and, uh, and she said, keep coming back. You know, and and, uh, and so I came back the next day. It was a Sunday morning, and Sunday morning meeting because Mesa used to be like this big meeting. And and I walked in the room, and there were all sizes. You know, and and someone said something so smart to me. They said, you know, look for look for the recovery in people's eyes. You know, and it was just like the best because I had always judged myself by my body size. I had always judged everyone else by their body size. I had never judged them by their insides. You know, because my insides were crappy, and so. It's, I just had, it was like all I could do was focus on the outside because I just didn't think I could do anything. And, um, and so I went to that meeting, and I was like, well, there's so much recovery, you know. And so it gave me some hope. So then I thought, well, I'm going to do this OA thing. And, I, and so for the next two weeks after I entered OA, it was my worst binging I'd ever had. <laughs> so to say the program worked right away for me is not true. And, I, and so today that's why I call it my last supper because it was just really a two-week-long binge. And I think it was sort of like my disease's last stand. Like, it's like, I'm going down fighting is how my disease felt. And so, and I went to this Monday night meeting at Costa Mesa Library, and there was this woman, and she was stern and, like, just, you know those women that was just, like, you put fear in you? Like, she was that woman, and and she was the leader. And I said, you know, they kept talking about sponsors and how you should have a sponsor. And, and so after the meeting, I'm like, well, will you be my sponsor? You know? And she looks at me, and she says, I am very busy, <laughs> and and uh, and I, I don't have much time, but I can be your sponsor until you can find a permanent sponsor. 
I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like, was so meek and afraid because it's hard to ask someone that question. It's very scary. And so, and so, so I started calling her the next day and, and she gave me direction in the morning to like pray on, and hit my knees to make my bed, which made no sense to me whatsoever. And, and like, she gave me all these assignments to do during the day. And, um, and I had my first day of abstinence that day, you know, and then the next day I called her and she had me do the same things. And I had my next day of abstinence and I had this little book and I would put like a one, a two, you know, and I would just start counting my days. And, um, and then all of a sudden I got like that 30 day chip, you know, which was just like amazing to go 30 days without binging was, well, actually without binging and purging, because the other thing that someone told me really in the beginning, I thought was brilliant as they said, make your abstinence road wide enough that you're not constantly falling off of it. Because I was so good at making, if it doesn't look like this perfect, I don't know, the food poster or the pyramid or whatever, then it's like, oh, I'm bad, I've fallen off of it, you know? So it's like I just had to make it wide enough that I had, like, an absence I could live in, you know? Because my road would get narrower over time. And um, in the beginning, like, my sponsor didn't say, like, you can't eat any of these foods, you know? But she's like... When I would go to the grocery store, she would have me um, buy flowers along with groceries because I would walk through the aisles and I didn't know how to have like less than a box of cereal for a, for a meal. Do you know what I mean? It was like the box or like a bowl that was, I don't even know who eats a bowl of cereal. It was just not something I did. And, and I would leave there in tears because there was so much food I couldn't buy and because um, I was afraid of it. I was literally afraid of food. And so she had me start buying fly- myself flowers at the grocery store. And it was awesome because I actually started, like, being nice to myself, you know, instead of just sort of doing it with the food. And, and my whole first year, um, I always had food with me. <laughs> and I think about it now. I carried around raw noodles, raw spaghetti noodles, which I think probably was super hard on my stomach. But it was like, it was just something that I could eat. And I ate a lot of hard, crunchy foods because I, they said they were anger foods. So, um, but I just did that, you know. And, and I didn't beat myself up over the fact that I ate raw spaghetti noodles, you know. It was just better than I was doing when I got here. And, and, um, and that's why the sponsor, it's like, it was so important because we started working my steps, you know. And, um. And someone said, you know, what is a sponsor's job? Because, like, there's so many things a sponsor. Like, is a sponsor's job to make me skinny? Is it to make my marriage work? Is to make, it's like, none of that is true. Like, a sponsor's only job, from what I've learned, is to take me through the steps. You know, and if I go through the steps, like, the steps, the steps work me. You know, that's what they do. And so, um, so I started doing my steps. And I did one, two, and three, which wasn't terrible. I mean, it was a little weird to admit that I was um, insane. But then when I started writing down, like, what I did with food, um, it was pretty insane. You know, it was pretty insane, like, how I would eat to up to here, you know, and be so just, it was awful, and, and what I would do to myself. And so, so that wasn't that hard, and then I had to do my four-step, and I didn't want to do my four-step because I had a lot of secrets, and I had a lot of shame over everything that I had done and so, and I didn't want to get my fourth step to this mean woman who was my sponsor. And so, and so I wrote my fourth step and they had, the, I had, they had this question. I don't know if they still, I think I've still seen the worksheet or workshop around here, but it's like a hundred and some odd questions of this. It's this horribly um, invasive fourth step. And so, um, so I did it. And some of the questions were very specific about like sex and things like that. And I'm like, mm, you know, and so, and so 
but they said, you don't have to give your fourth step to your sponsor. You just need to give it to someone, you know? And so I picked this other girl in program who was awesome. And um, she was bisexual and she lived in Hollywood and she had this like insanely colorful life. And I'm like, I am not going to surprise this woman with anything. It was like, thank God, you know? So I brought my fifth step over to her and I, um, and she had candles lit, you know? So it was like how it, like, like poster fifth step and like how it should be. And, and we go through my four step, everything. And, and she's like, now tell me the good stuff, Debbie. You know, I'm like, I'm like, okay. And so so I tell her these two things that I'm like, I was going to take to my grave, you know, that I have so much shame and so much embarrassment about. And so I tell her, and, and I'm assuming she's going to go, I've been there and I totally tried that, you know. And she hadn't tried either one of these, you know. And she looked at me and she didn't say, get out of my house, you weird chick. She said, Debbie, you're very creative, you know, that, that's all that she said to me. Like, my worst things that I had judged myself on for my whole life, like, I was creative, you know? And it's like, that was awesome to me. And she's still my friend today, and she's still in program. And and I don't know, this, I, I kept going with my other sponsor, and we did my defects of character, and we just kept going. And, and it just was, I don't know, I've had different sponsors over the year, and I, I have... A, a different sponsor in this program who's actually sitting in this room right now who was just, like, the most loving, gooey kind of woman that it was hard for me to handle. And, like, I had to pick a mean one in the beginning because that's how I treated myself. Do you know what I mean? It's like I couldn't pick someone kind and loving because I wasn't that way to myself. It was very hard to get used to someone being nice to me. And they'd say stuff in the meetings like, let us love you until you can learn to love yourself. It's like, oh, don't say that, you know. I'm, I was this black-wearing... We used to go to KNAC night at the Red Onion and with just my punk clothes. And, and I would go to my meeting with Annie at the Tuesday night bulimics meeting. And, I, and then I would go out to the bars afterwards because it was just like, I just was like a darker kind of girl, you know, just a little more harder. And, and uh, it was hard to be around sort of the girly girls and the soft, gooey girls. And, and, um, and over time, it's like I started to soften. Do you know what I mean? Over time, like I, my, my program has changed me, and, and, and what it says in the big book that I love is it says food is only a symptom, you know, and, and, I, and I love that because, because it's not my issue today. If I'm like, oh, Debbie, you're too fat. You can't go outside. You can't wear that. It's like it isn't that. Most of my fat is between my ears, you know, and, and if I'm eating wrong or – because I – I have this thing now, if I overeat something, because I definitely, like, I, you know, I have days where it's, like, over, under, whatever. I don't even care. I average the calories over the next 10 years, and it really makes me feel fine about it. Do you know what I mean? Because cause what I found is that it doesn't help me to beat myself up over the fact that I'm not doing it perfect. It helps me. There's a thing, and this is that Dr. Alcoholic Addict story in the big book, which is such a great, great story, but it talks about if I focus on, you know, what's wrong, like, that increases. Like, he talks about in the meetings. Like, I focus on the meetings, the bad meetings, the bad the smoke or whatever. And, like, I was, he was focusing on all the things wrong with his wife and she gets worse. Or if you focus on what's good, like, that gets better. So if I focus on the size of my belly or the size of my butt, guess what? It gets bigger. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, that's just how my body, like, reacts. And if I focus on, like, the things that do recovery, like, maybe I should go to the store and supply myself with some salads or maybe I should go to yoga or maybe I should go to a meeting or maybe I should call someone else and see how they're doing. When I focus on all that stuff, it's like my body totally takes care of itself, you know? 
And I have been the same size for years, you know? And I wore white pants today. And that may not mean anything to you, but to me, like, I couldn't wear white pants. There was always food stains on them. And I was laughing because we were having lunch and my soup spilled. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I spill on my white pants before I'm speaking, I will be totally missed it. Like, landed right on the edge of the table. But, like, I ate in my car. Like, I mean, I just had food sort of a part of my life. And so it's like, it isn't like that today. You know, it just isn't. And, and I know how, um, I know how my life is, when, when I'm doing the right things, like how I feel and how it's working. You know, and when I'm doing the wrong things, I know how that feels too. But it's like today I have a thousand tools, you know, and I think that that's what sponsors do for you. I think sponsors give you amazing tools. I have, um, someone gave me this great rule. It's called the three asshole rule. And if I have three or more assholes in my life in a day, then it's me, (laughs) you know, and it's the greatest because it kind of sort of keeps me in check, you know, and. And I, I got this other tool, and none of these are in the books. And that's why I think you need to have, like, other people in the program because if you just had a book in your room, like, you would miss out on so much stuff. And, and this one, um, it talks about if you have resentment against someone. You guys have probably all heard, like, you have to pray for them, you know. And, like, sometimes I don't want to pray for the person. Like, I don't like them that much. I don't want to pray for them. So they said that to put a piece of, put their name on a piece of tape, and you put it on the bottom of your shoe, and you just walk around on them for a while. You know, and it feels great. Kind of grind it in a little bit. And so, and then I can get past the anger to the point where I can pray for them. You know, because today, resentments against other people used to destroy me. I used to eat against other people, you know. And it's like today, they don't. And I don't want to speak up against them because then I have to say I'm sorry to people I don't like. You know, so like I've learned, I made enough amends. Like my amends took me a long time. It took me two years to return all the stolen property. It took me, like, a long time to make the financial amends and all of that stuff. And, and, um, and so, I don't know. I just think that the, the steps are phenomenal. I think having a sponsor is, like, so, so, so critical. And, um, and the, this program, I was telling Annie that we're so lucky to have it. Because if, if you're in a relationship, let's say, we'll call him for an anonymity, my husband doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have the 12 steps, you know. It's like there's so many things that I have, so many more tools that I have and people to call and to just bounce stuff off of and have them be like, Debbie, you're not right here. You're wrong. Or you are right, you know? It's like it's amazing. It's just amazing. And so I don't know. If you don't have a sponsor or if you don't like your sponsor, like I would get something that you like as a sponsor, just that you're willing to call um, just to do it, you know? Just to be checked in, and and uh, you may not may my I had a sponsor. She's from Texas. She's actually in my other program, but she has the greatest thing. So she says she only offers suggestions, and she's from Texas. And so she would be like, I would call her with a problem, and she would be like, Debbie, I suggest you try this. And then I wouldn't want to try it because it was stupid. And so then I'd call her with the same problem, whatever, a week or two later, and she'd be like, Debbie, uh, have you? I want, did you try what I suggested? I'm like, well, no, that was dumb. I tried doing other things. And then so the third time I would call her, and she's like, well, Debbie, since you haven't tried what I suggested, I suggest you call someone else. <laughs> you know, and it's just the perfect thing because, like, that's what it is. Like, you guys don't allow me to be a victim anymore, you know. You're like, you can, you feel some pain with me, and you'll hug me, and you'll, like, wipe my eyes and my nose if I'm, like, doing a little whatever. 
but it's like you're not going to let me sit in my stuff for days and years and be like, you're right, you know. This program has showed me that all of my problems have a common denominator, and her name is Debbie, you know. And if I change what I'm doing, all of those people in my life change eventually. Every one of my family relationships have been healed, you know. It's just, it's amazing to me. And none of those people have gone to a meeting, you know, not none of the ones I had big issues with. It's awesome. So, so that's kind of my 15 minutes, I think. I don't want to talk for, like, whatever. And so then we have... 25 minutes of questions and answers. (laughs) So thank you for letting me share. And I honestly don't know how to turn this off or on, so I don't know anything about this. So I don't know if we're... So I don't know if we record the whole thing, or or maybe we weren't even being recorded, and it just was like faux recording. I just don't know. Okay, okay, well then we'll...